Welcome to Divorce Talk with Nicola Beer, a show dedicated to creating change and emotional healing for executives, professionals, and expats in the various stages of marriage breakdown and divorce. Discover insightful strategies to better manage your personal affairs and learn secrets to creating more happiness, love, and success in your life today. Hi, this is Nicola Beer, and you're listening to Divorce Talk. Today, I'm going to be talking about communication with your ex and communicating with your ex and some helpful guidelines that are going to help you to uh, communicate better and to not let things really, really get to you. Because let's face it, good communication is often the first thing to go when a relationship breaks down. So it's not surprising that communicating with your ex after a breakup and during a divorce is emotionally difficult. I could write a whole book on this subject and talk for hours Maybe one day I will, but for today I'm going to set share with you some guidelines and some suggestions that have benefited those that I've worked with when communicating with their ex. If you have any more that you'd like to add or you'd, you'd want to contact me, I'd love to hear from you. Whilst I'm on that, I just want to say a huge thank you to uh, Brian, who left a uh, review on iTunes, and to Karen, um, thanking me for helping them through their divorce. I really appreciate that. And also to Patricia, who said that I've helped um, her turn around her relationship. So I'm ever so grateful for your reviews and your ratings. If you'd like a shout-out on the show, please do email me through my website, um, which is uh, www.purepeacecoaching.com, or you can contact me on LinkedIn. And because I don't get to see all of the the reviews, but I do really appreciate it because what that does is it lets iTunes know that my show is being listened to, that some people are are finding it helpful, and then it ranks me um, higher up on the search engines, which I really do appreciate. So if you are able to um, contact me, uh, oh, sorry, if you are able to uh, yeah, contact me if you would like a shout out or, or leave some kind of review or rating, it is appreciated. So let's get into communicating with your ex. So when I say that communicating with your ex is um, emotionally difficult, really this is a huge understatement. The pain, turmoil, confusion and stress involved with communicating with an ex is often underestimated. Regardless of how long away you were together, when a relationship ends, you experience many losses at once. Physical losses, like their absence, changing living arrangements and finances, and the loss of your future dreams, hopes and expectations. The loss is just one element of the pain experienced when people go through a breakup. And generally speaking, relationships end in one of two ways. Either the relationship ends because it slowly breaks down and communication breaks down where couples start arguing and, you know, fighting and then they go past the arguing and fighting space, you know, phrase and then they go into a complete withdrawal and emotionally shut down where they block each other out, they no longer communicate, they try and create two different separate lives under one roof and um or they only just you only communicate about logistics or the children and this is like the shutdown 
And during the shutdown phase, that can cause frustration, disappointment, resentment, you know, sadness. Why, why, why were things, how things changed, how things got to this point? Why aren't they talking to me? I'm not talking to them. And it just, you know, there's that kind of breakdown. So there's a lot of emotions going on there that are just repressed and try to be dealt, you know, that aren't really dealt with or expressed when it's in the shutdown mode. Other relationships will end very suddenly, very abruptly. One person just changes their mind. Uh, That could be because something's happened in their life or because of an affair or because of gambling or abuse or addiction. If something major happens where they say, that's it, I'm out. So whether it's that way and then there's this whole shock and sudden, like a sudden death really, that's how how, um, psychologists compare it to of a relationship ending, or whether it's a slow, painful death, like um, they say, is it like a terminal illness? Either way, whenever you're going to communicate with your ex, it's going to be emotionally loaded. To, to expect it not to be emotionally loaded is, you know, unimaginable and, and, and you know, not being uh, a bit stupid, really, because it's going to be emotionally loaded. So... Give yourself a break if you are feeling emotionally loaded, if you do overreact, if you do um, feel tense when communicating with your ex. So here are some helpful points that which are going to help you. So point number one is um, appreciating the desire to feel better. So having worked with hundreds of individuals that, um, you know, over divorcing and breaking up, and relationships, what most people do when they're trying to communicate with their ex is trying to feel better. They're hoping that on some level, after contacting you, they are going to feel better inside themselves. Whether their email is asking you back, whether it's full of hate or questions, wanting to know why you did what you did, or why you know that recognize on some level that they're probably trying all they're trying to do is change the way they feel so try not to take it personally you're both hurting and you're both probably dealing with a lot of anger or upset or disappointment whatever emotion you're feeling so you know clear thinking clearly can often go out of the window when we go through a loss it can often go out the window when we're experiencing painful emotions so you know, appreciate that whatever they're saying to you, whether it's nasty or pleasant, they're just trying to change how they feel and make themselves feel better. And before you react to that communication, before you send something back, just think to yourself, will it really make you feel better a year, a month from now? Because... You may think to yourself, well, I'm going to write, reply back or, and I'm going to tell them exactly what I think of them. But you may feel worse after that. You may feel guilty. So just be really careful about what you send to your ex and how you respond. And if in doubt, I really do believe, do nothing. I, th- I, I believe that philosophy in many things of my life and it has really helped. If you're really undecided about something and you're not sure, right, should I tell them about this, or should I do this, or should I do that, you know, just wait until you know, because the universe will show you one way or the other what you're meant to do.
I really uh, do believe that. And, you know, it happens for me, it happens for my clients. I get to see that time and time again. So just be careful about what you write about and think to yourself, am I really going to be happy about what I'm sending or what I'm doing, you know, a year from now or a month from now? Um, And if you're being attacked on an email or text, try not to let it get to you. Recognise that it's just their attempt to feel stronger or more in control or better. Once, when I split up with a boyfriend in the UK, he sent me back everything I brought him, from duvet covers to love letters to, um, like, a watch that I brought them, everything. And at first, I was pretty angry, and then I was upset, and I was like, why, what is he, why is he sending me back everything I've brought him? And then I realised that... Um, He was just hoping to feel better. Maybe he thought by getting rid of the stuff, he wouldn't have any reminders of me and he'll feel better. He could have chucked it in the bin, but maybe he wanted me to know that he's hurting. And he felt better doing that. You know, he was was hoping that he would feel better. So I just let it go, you know. I didn't didn't let it bother me after a while. I thought, well, I hope it has helped him, you know, if, if he is feeling bad. Um, so that's number one. Number two is avoid late night communication. Text calls, late night emails are never a good idea, especially if un- under the influence. Alcohol intensifies our emotional highs and lows, so it's best to avoid communicating whilst drinking and even the next day, as a hangover can cloud your judgment and make you feel low or fed up or you know just just make things seem difficult. Influence can also be sleeping tablets. I once had a man who had insomnia for years and took sleeping tablets during his divorce and he found himself waking up in the night and sending emails which he later regretted and wouldn't have normally sent. He believed that his sleeping tablets were affecting his responses. But even if you're not under the, under the influence, I still don't believe late night communication is good for communicating with your ex. Like many I work with, when I went through a breakup, I found that sitting alone on my sofa past 10pm was when my memories and deepest feelings would surface. It was late at night that I felt most lonely, sad and lost. This can lead you to either fall into a nostalgic review of your relationship, where all the wonderful times that you had together come flooding your mind. These thoughts of what you did last Christmas and how he was on your birthday and where you went together and how you cuddled and how you touched all these feelings of regret and your you know that those those feelings of missing and loneliness and what if and they just send you into a spiral of thinking if only I'd done this and what had happened if we'd done that and what if we tried this and would it have made a difference if we went on holiday again or whatever you, you were thinking. And these wishing th- feel, thoughts and these wishing feelings, wishing it was different, wishing it was better, can be extremely emotional and draining. And you don't really want to be communicating when you, if you're going through this phase of thoughts because it's very emotional and, and it may not be the real way you're feeling. It could just be that, you know, that late night kind of spiral of thoughts. There also may be nights where bad memories come up. 
where there can be a bucket list of whys. Why didn't they love me more? Why didn't they fight for me? Why didn't they tell me that they weren't interested in me before? Why didn't they do this? Why did they say that? Did they ever really love me? All these why questions and all these questioning, it can lead to sadness, frustration and anger. So whilst it's very positive to be thinking in this way, to be feeling in this way, and I would say it's positive because you're processing your thoughts, you're processing your emotions, you're thinking about them, you're getting them out, that is a positive sign. So I'm not saying don't have these thoughts and these emotions, but communicating when you're going through them may not be the best time to communicate. You may want to wait until you've processed them, until you're thinking clearly and with good judgment. So I hope that really makes sense. The next one when communicating with an ex, number three, is know your purpose. Every time you're communicating with your ex, think, what is my purpose? What am I hoping to achieve by communicating with them? Then ask yourself, is my message clear and will it be interpreted and understood the way I want it to? Follow the habit of Stephen Cavoy's Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Begin with the end in mind. Apply this to your communication with your ex. Focus on the end result and the reaction you want. If you want harmony and good karma, what is best for you to communicate and respond when they, to their emails or communication? What is going to get you your end result? So if you're looking for a harmonious relationship, if you're looking to be friends, then don't react or don't over say things that you don't. Think, what is my purpose? My purpose is I'd like us to be amicable. We, we share friends. I'd like us to be able to bump into each other. Um, I'd like us to co-parent more effectively together. So have you know your end purpose in mind when communicating. Number four is avoid conflict. Conflict is bad for your health. It raises blood pressure increases your breathing rate and stress levels. So wherever possible, you want to avoid conflict, especially during a divorce, as the whole process can be made dramatically worse, not to mention more expensive, the greater the conflict. The higher the conflict, the worse divorce is for children as well. One way to diffuse communication conflict is to listen first, appreciate their point of view, demonstrating that you've listened by repeating back what they've said in a that can be really really powerful because people need to be heard um just like Stephen Cavoy's habit I don't know which number it is actually where he says um seek first to understand and then to be understood people want to be heard people want to be understood so if you're doing that you can quite often diffuse the conflict not always. If you're, if you're dealing with someone really angry, you may not be able to do that. And do check out the other podcast that I have, which is How to Deal with an Angry Ex During Divorce. Because that you know that one hopefully will really help you with that. But sometimes and I, just listening and understanding and appreciating someone's viewpoint really, really can go a long way to do. And I'm not saying it's easy, but if you can do it, that really will be, be great. Listening and empathising is, um, you know, does take strength. As I, as I just said, it's not it's not 
easy, but those who do definitely heal and rebuild much faster. And I, I see that in my coaching all the time when I'm helping uh, individuals get through divorce or when I'm helping them create a new life after divorce, I find that they really do heal and rebuild their lives far faster. So num- the next one is dealing with an abusive or an aggressive ex. So this, if this applies to you, my heart goes out to you, because it can be really difficult to know what to say or do when dealing with someone so unreasonable. I have the art, uh, the podcast, um, as I just mentioned, about dealing with an angry ex, and I will write more on abusive ex later, um, and then make that into a podcast as well. So there will be a podcast that you can listen to on abuse um, in a few months, but there's definitely one out now on anger that you can listen to. And if you are struggling with either of these, then please do contact me and we can discuss ways that we can help you through that, whether you're in a relationship with someone abusive or aggressive or whether you're, you're still dealing with that and you want some support. I, you know, my heart goes out to you. I'd love to support you. You can contact me for a complimentary session through my website, which is www.purepeacecoaching.com. What we'll do in that session is we'll explore your options for reducing stress, devise ways to feel... Um, for you to feel more relaxed and empowered and how you can just sort of cope with the whole situation. Um, Another way, if you're dealing with an abusive or an aggressive ex, that you may want to consider is dealing with a third party, um, hiring a third party to deal with all the communication. I have a lady in London who contacted me and asked me if I could um, communicate between her and her husband And I'm doing that for them. And I'm also doing it for another couple in New York at the moment. So I act as the liaison between the husband and the wife because their nasty emails and calls are really upsetting one another. And instead they just decide to go through me. And we also do some co-parenting sessions where we want to talk about the child's education or the child's um, finances or the religion of the child, and together we have a Skype conference call where both of them um, are actually separate and all three of us are are all dialing in to have a Skype call. So that can also be very powerful. The next one, I think, is a good strategy for communicating with your ex is to press the pause for 24 hours. And this one has saved a lot of my clients a lot of pressure um, and a lot got, well, got them out of a lot of trouble as well, really. So what I do is I say to them, you know, compose an email, compose a text, write how you're feeling, and then wait 24 hours before sending it. Leaving it 24 hours gives you the chance to reflect and let it overnight think, is this relevant? Is this the right thing to be doing? If you still want to send it after 24 hours, go for it. But many in my coaching find that they don't. Sometimes my, those in my coaching plan, they want to be feel like they're, they're being read and they, they just need to do something then and there. And in that, if that's the case, then they send it to me as if they're sending it to their ex, but they're actually sending it to me. And then we'll read it and review it. Because the way my packages work when I do do work with people is I have like three or two calls a month and then they have unlimited email access to me the whole time. So it's like packages that I do... Um, for six months or 12 months, depending on the person. 
So, um, so yeah, so d definitely give yourself a 24-hour pause when communicating back with your ex if you can. The next one, um, which is a good tip for communicating with your ex, is to limit social media. We now hear phases like internet addiction, Facebook addict, in normal conversation. But no one really knows what makes an addict when it comes to social media or it comes to the internet. And personally, I believe that habits are bad when you cannot stop them and you want to stop them, but you can't. And when they interfere with how you feel and when they interfere with your relationships. For some people, social media causes more harm than good, especially when it comes to breakups and divorce. Many of those I work with find it beneficial to have a complete break from it all together or just to use it to share positive updates and keep in touch with friends. So I say to my clients, you know, please just, whilst we're working together, just for the next few months, just send positive updates about yourself, keep in touch with your friends, anything that is negative that you're feeling or angry feeling or, you know, just keep that off the public domain because remember that everything you post will be public and can easily be found even if you have your privacy settings high nothing is secure on social media so think twice before posting any updates ask yourself would you want your children your boss or your parents to read what you're saying about or what you're you know, if you're saying things about your ex what you're saying about them if not don't post it those on my divorce programs definitely report feeling happier and freer when they cut social media for a bit. They find that they're much less stressed and don't get worked up because quite often um, when a relationship breaks down and, and when you go through a breakup, people do use social media to show what they're doing and uh, that, that can be hurtful. The next guideline I want to talk about involves children and communicating with your ex. If you have children together, for the sake of your children, you really need to make sure that your communication is as amicable as possible. Children find separation and divorce extremely difficult as they lose many things familiar to them. So the last thing that they need is their parents to be at loggerheads fighting or even unable to communicate I'm working with one client at the moment and we're, we're focusing on changing her relationship with her, her ex. And at the moment, because they cannot stand each other, their son has to go down um, in the lift, uh, eight floors, and walk to the front of the building because they cannot even see each other that long. Um, another couple I worked with, when they first started working with me, they used to have their maid do the, the drop-off and collect-off um, because they couldn't even speak to each other. But this message is really not a very good message to show to children that two adults who once loved each other and raised their, you know, the child together then cannot even talk. And it's not always easy. I know that there's lots of reasons behind people not talking, but where can you can you know try and um, make the relationship as positive as, as possible. I mean, when my parents got divorced, my dad had to pick us up round the road in a car park and then call us on the phone to the landline 
because my mum couldn't even stand him being parked outside the house. If his car was parked outside, even if he stood at the doorstep, that used to wind my mum up. Don't know why, but it did. And this hostility benefits no one, especially the children. So even if your children are grown up, then you still need to communicate um, well, because, you know, you've got graduations, weddings, birth of grandchildren. You're always going to be in each other's lives. So the more peacefully you can communicate, the more respect you can show one another, the better it is for, for you and for your children and for your health. And I really do think that children respect and admire parents who are able to be civil to one another. So a good question to ask before communicating is, what is, what is more important for me to be right against my ex or my child's happiness? I'll say that again because I think this is really important. What is more important to you? For you to be right against your ex or your child's happiness? Learn to let go of being right and see what unfolds. Whilst we're also on children, it's really important when communicating with your ex not to use children. If you cannot stand your ex, you may be tempted to use children to communicate between the two of you. But this is unfair and damaging for children who need to be protected from going back and forth for battles. I've, I've heard of children, you know, they're told um, to ask their other parent for money, to ask their other parent for some new school boots or for some new, um, for a school trip. And this puts unnecessary um, difficulty, stress and burden on the child. They may feel difficult, awkward asking that. And really it's a conversation, finances are a conversation that needs to be between the parents, not between the child and the parents and a battle. I write about this more in my um, free ebook, which is um, Protect Children Through Divorce, Three Common Mistakes Parents Make. And for that information, all you need to do is you need to just go to um, my webpage, which is www.purepeacecoaching.com parent and children programs and I hope that really helps you um, look at that um, lastly I just want to say that that um, a very good step as well is get support when communicating with your ex if it's difficult get support having a close family member a friend or a coach to listen and support you get through it, can be really beneficial. Sometimes people on my um, programs, they just use our sessions because they just want to vent. You know, they've got no one else to, to get it off their chest, what they're angry about, and then we look at ways that we, they can respond and, and how they can get what they want, thinking about the purpose of what they're, the outcome they're looking for. And they just feel relieved that they can just, you know, de-stress and unwind and get everything out in the open. And this is, you know, really is really important and it is a key for releasing some of that, that tension um, for them. Other support that you may want to get could be hiring um, a mediator. If you really feel that you need to communicate more and you're not getting anywhere, then a mediator may, may help. Or, you know, having some coaching sessions on parenting plans and if, and co-parenting agreements and things like that. If you'd like to find out any more information on that, then do feel free 
to to contact me because that can help even sometimes after the divorce has happened to have someone to help you facilitate ongoing communication so i really do feel you know get do get some support if you if you need it because the better the communication the easier and happier your life will be the easier and happier your children's life will be and if you don't have any children it's just beneficial for you to to put the um relationship in perspective because you know the chances are when you first got together you had a lot of love you had a lot of good times and it's good to to remember that and keep that rather than looking back and thinking of all the horrible and hurtful things that escalated as a result of bad communication well as always i hope that you found something useful in this today thank you very much for listening and i hope that we get to be together on another podcast thank you thank you for listening to divorce talk with nicola beer if you have enjoyed the program please leave a rating and review on itunes so more people dealing with marriage breakdown and divorce get the support they need If you want more great free resources, such as secrets to a happier relationship, moving on fast after divorce, or tips on parenting through divorce, be sure to visit www.purepeacecoaching.com today.